what is the flipping story home skillets um welcome back to flip the script um this episode is going to be all about the Kilarglin 12 hour race that I did uh, there over the weekend just gone and I was just about to I just got my pen and pad out you know and I was like oh, I better write down things now so I don't forget everything you know what I mean so I don't forget anything that I get in what I want to say I'm like Connor you were there by you were there you should know what happened so I'm just gonna freestyle it and I'm just gonna fucking go here this is the scale this is what happened um, and it was just a really, really tremendous weekend. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give one full podcast to the breakdown of the race and just talking about the ins and outs of it and just how wonderful a weekend it was, you know? Um, I was, first of all, terribly underprepared for the run absolutely i'm just coming back off injury i was injured in may and i had just started back training in the first week of this month just started back not doing major mileage just doing you know one hour runs i think i did one two hour run and that was like the saturday before i just ran this race here and that was it and the reason why i was so underprepared and and i was entered into it is because my friend signed me up for the race Stephen Murphy who was actually running the race as well who ran in an amazing race did his first ever ultra ran it like an absolute pro paced himself perfectly finished inside the top 10 finished actually ahead of me did a really incredible job so I was very very proud of him and he said you know what I'm just going to enter this dude on the sly so I got a, a random email into my um, emails and it was hey Connor thank you so much for your registration to the Clarglin 12 hour race looking forward to meeting you and I was like squeeze me I had absolutely no idea what was going on I was like Eileen is the is the race organizer I said, Eileen I didn't even enter the race here like you know um, could you shed a bit of light on it and she was like oh it's a surprise your friend said that he, he entered you and then subsequently found out that it was Steve that entered me and I was like Do you know what I had been toying with the idea of doing it for so long and I was like, you know, I haven't, I hadn't ran an ultra since the year before. And I was like, one, so we'll have an old crack off of it. So I rang my father because he's my crew chief every single time, you know what I'm saying? Every time I'm up in here running these ultra marathon races. So I got on to my dad, I said, dad, I'm doing a race. And I actually said to him when I was on the phone, I goes, don't worry, it's not a long race, it's only 12 hours because <laughs> like he he was there with me crewing the 200 mile race that took two and a half days so i was like ah look it's grand you know it's only 12 hour race and he started chuckling on the phone and saying like isn't it actually mad that you don't think this is a long race you know what i mean a 12 hour run we didn't think like oh i was like ah it's grand like my dad could crew a 12 hour race with his fucking eyes closed because he's just you know he 40 years in the army he knows how to he knows how to stay clued in for a long period of time, like, you know. So, I was delighted to have him as my crew down there, like, you know. He cleared his schedule and was just down there. Not a bother, just supporting me, like, you know. And that's a great thing that he has always shown me throughout my ultramarathon running is that he's there for me regardless, you know. So, once I knew I had him on the side, I was like, we're going down and we're going to give it an old lash. And 
to be honest with you, just my thoughts before I even entered the race were just like, let's just go down, let's have some fun and just do what we love doing and never once forget that in this run. That's, that was the mindset. It was, ne- let's never forget that we love doing it and never forget that we love having the opportunity to push our body in this way, like, you know, and if you keep that in your mind throughout it, regardless of what way your body is acting up, what way, you know, you're reacting to the mileage, um, how the race is going, what place you're in, anything like that, if you keep that in your mind at all times, that you're doing something that you love and you've been given this opportunity to, to live out this personal freedom to do these things, it's incredibly powerful when it comes to keeping your mind in a positive state. And I mean that. And that's what I really kind of just was thinking about at the beginning of the race. was like, I don't really have any expectations. I didn't have any expectations, but I did want to run 100 kilometers. That's what. That's all I wanted to do. Was like, I just want to get over 100k. If I can get over 100k, I'm an absolutely, I'm I, like, that would be a great thing to do. I'm a happy man regardless. If I can get over 100 kilometers in the way my body is feeling now, I'm absolutely, I will be delighted with that. And showed up to the day of the race. One of the most amazing things about this race and one of the most amazing things about the ultra marathon community is, well, first of all, it's incredibly inclusive. Incredibly inclusive. Everybody is willing each other to do their best and to and to come out the other side of it with, you know, a personal victory from within. That's what we're all searching for. It takes many, many forms. Like this, this whatever your personal victory from within yourself is, may it be first place or getting to run your first 50k in these ultramarathon races. It is really about that, that, that ever-elusive personal victory inside yourself. You know what I mean? And each of us have a different one. And we all recognize that and we all know that and understand that. So we're always willing each other to do our best. And I find that so wonderful about that community. I know that there's certain other sporting communities where I've heard of people just being very snobbish being very like, you're not one of us, you haven't done what we've done, you don't have the credentials, you don't have the right gear, you don't have the right kit, you don't have the right bike, or whatever the case be, these certain certain um, you know outdoor groups and, and these certain sporting groups that are, are really exclusive um, and cliquish. And I'm just like, I just have no time for that. Like, you know, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to ultramarathon so much was just that the community is just so open and just so, you know, all joined under this umbrella of just wanting the best for each other, you know, and wanting the best for the race. So got there, met, uh, met my mate Simon and Eleanor. Um, they had actually got a gear bag from my, my girlfriend of stuff that I had forgotten in the house, which I always do, always forget stuff um, on the day of, the, of races. I'm a forgetful Fred up in here, you know what I'm saying? And the they, they actually brought a bag down for me, so that was absolutely aces. And um, Joyce uh, as well was also there from Earth's Edge. Um, and uh, my coach, Dunica, was there with his girlfriend as well. 
So it was just an amazing, you know, race to be in. Um, as well, the the man I ran my first ever ultra marathon with, Marco Manny, my great friend for the last ten years, was running the race as well. So it was just an incredible um, weekend already just literally just standing in the car park before the race briefing even was just amazing just to just chat with people have a laugh have a joke buzz off of each other's energy and just really enjoy the day for what it was it was just amazing and so i i um i remember just the 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 at the start point just everybody was kind of you know hushed everybody was kind of ready for you know what was going to go down a lot of people had driven the course and they knew what was ahead of them they'd driven around the course and they knew that uh you know there was hills and all this kind of stuff i hadn't done any of that stuff i never really do i don't really like do it i just like i just leave the the race and the road fall out in front of me i never really do that i never really scope out the the um the course because the course is going to be the same whether i scope it out or not you know what i mean and i'll take it as it comes you know we would we would have 12 hours to really understand the the course so it was okay for me just going in there blind and so we we left um the the car park at the church which was the the, the kind of you could say the start and the finish point uh, of each lap and i was going down the road and did my first lap did my second lap and i was going out for the third lap and i was like connor you're fe- you're feeling sore already boy you're, you know, like my body was just not feeling good, um, you know, three loops in, like, you know what I mean? But I was, I was still, I was laughing and joking and I was trying to take on as much food as I possibly can. This is one thing about ultra marathons. If I can give a tip for anybody that wants to run an ultra marathon, get your calories in early because you have no guarantee that you'll be able to take them in late honestly you like you have no idea how your stomach is going to react because you're asking this your stomach to die to to take in food and digest food while you're running that's a tough task like that's that's asking your stomach to do all kinds of things because like when you're running all the stuff is sloshing out around inside you if you eat that little bit too much you get indigestion you'll be burping you'll be you know all sorts of madness will be going down inside your belly so i was just trying to get as much calories into me as possible right and like i do all i always do the same thing right when i have sandwiches at the start when I have sandwiches at the start of a race, like, it's just fuel. None of this stuff is food anymore. So it doesn't need to be eaten like normal food. It doesn't need to be enjoyed. So I just eat a load of bites of this uh, sandwich and I take a drink of water. And I, like, slush it around until, like, the, the water has helped me, like, break it down into this mush before I, before I get it into me. Because, like, it just, it, like, it doesn't, it's not food anymore. It's not food. It's like putting petrol into a car. That's what it is. It's just fueling you. And so if you can get that in early, you're absolutely doing the business. Because later on in the race, it may get tough for you to get that in. Because your stomach's just tired. Like Your stomach's not used to this stuff. I and mean, this is why I train to do this. I train, you know, when I'm out on the hills, I train eating while moving. I train eating while walking. 
and and then I and then I eat and then as soon as if I finish and it's in my stomach I'll start running again I train to do that but you're still never guaranteed that your stomach's going to play ball on the day because there's lots of other factors as well that could be involved you know what I mean it's the type of food you eat you know the thing about the thing about ultra marathon nutrition is anybody that says that they have like it down to a T is a fucking liar and and that's that's just being absolutely deadly serious about it fucking lying because there's no way you can tell that your body is going to be able to take in the food you could eat something that was going down so well in one race you were absolutely loving life you were eating the living life and soul out of whatever it was and then the next ultra you do you can't stomach it you couldn't stomach one bite and you just cannot get them into you you know what i mean so like it's just really and truly is um a a trial and error thing yes but it's also like you have to be able to adapt and overcome on the day too because you don't know what your stomach's going to do your stomach's just going to be doing absolutely girly whirlies inside yeah you could you you can really start to to feel it really early but my stomach was still grand at that point and I was eating sandwiches and I was drinking bottles of Lucasaid and coconut water and just loads of big mixtures of stuff because like I did I I have noticed over the time I do like to I do I my my body really really likes coconut water and it's never given me any trouble you know whenever I drink coconut water it never makes my stomach feel bad and it's great for hydration you know so love that always taking the coconut water and I'll always have something there with me as well to help me drink my calories so if i don't feel like eating and my stomach is tired from fucking digesting stuff i'll try and drink my calories so i usually try and find some sort of smoothie that has like maybe like 70 to 80 calories per 100 mil you know so i've got i've got i had one there the last time i think it was like 60 calories per 100 mil that was as best as i could find at the time and so i'm drinking that and it's it's it was about let's say 480 calories in the carton so like you know if i drink that carton i could i could drink three quarters of a carton like before i take off from the aid station like i could literally go through the chip scanner go into the aid station get a feckin carton of smoothie and drink three quarters of that carton of smoothie in 200 meters of walking you know just slog it down and like it's just so much easier on my body like not saying that this is going to work for everybody but so much easier on my body after a while to take the calories in like that but anyway as the day kind of progressed i was keeping a fairly slow and steady pace as i usually do in ultra marathons i'm not a, i'm not a fast starter in ultras at all and i was just taking it nice and easy but i just noticed that it was super fucking tough it was so tough my body started to really feel out of whack about 20 25 kilometers in like five or six um loops in like and i was really starting to tighten up really starting to feel sore like and and really feeling sore in places that i had never felt sore before my ass was so sore my glute muscles were absolutely in bits i mean in pieces like and i was like where the flipping heck is this coming from like you know I knew that I didn't have the mileage. I knew I was underprepared. I knew I was being quite silly even doing this race. 
But I was actually really surprised at how little kilometers it took for me to actually start, you know, really feeling like discomfort, you know. And I have a, I have a fairly high pain threshold, but I just really had to keep it in my mind that I'm doing this because I love it. I'm not doing this to have great days every day. You're not, you're like some of the best days you can have as an ultramarathon runner can come out of some of the worst days, if you get me. Some of your worst days performance-wise can give you some of the best days mentally and you can really, really hone in on other skills. So I I realized fairly early, look, my body is just not at the races today, excuse the pun. It wasn't. It just wasn't showing up for me really, like, you know, and I I was just starting to feel discomfort from the very, very get-go. So I said to myself, well, look, if my body's not going to play ball, I have to just, you know, I have to double down on on the mental side of it. And I was just really and truly just, you know, trying to keep this this kind of a, you know, a jovial kind of spirit about it and just laughing and joking with people and even having a chat with a couple of the other runners on the course and things like that. And then, like, you just start getting passed out. I was getting lapped by people. I was getting lapped by all kinds of people. I was getting lapped by people. I was walking up hills and people were just running up next to me and going, oh, how are you doing? What's the story? And they were just, you know, pegging it around the gaff. And I really had to stay in the frame of mind that I was just running my own race. I wasn't. And there was these little tiny 100, 200 meter bursts where I could feel myself picking up the pace, like, you know, subconsciously, where my kind of mind was thinking just, you know, catch up to this person in front of you here now and I'm like no if we pass this person on the loop we pass them if we don't we don't we're running our race and not theirs and I really actually feel like that's what kept me in the race to be honest because my my body was just really killing me you know really killing me and I just didn't feel right at all um and so it was about four or five hours in and um I got into the aid station and I was saying to my dad I was like I I feel crappy like my body feels terrible my head feels amazing I'm so delighted to be here but my body's just not good and um, I remember wearing I was wearing these calf socks because my calves have been giving me awful pain over the last couple of weeks of training maybe because I was just you know I was trying to get back into training and they weren't used to to taking that type of pressure you know so I was having a lot of pain in my calves so I decided to wear these calf socks and then I was like dad I'm gonna take off these calf socks I don't know are they doing something are they like putting too much pressure on my upper legs or what is it something has changed anyway because I've been feeling pain in muscles that I just haven't felt before so I whipped off the shoes took the feckin' calf socks off, put the shoes back on and started running again. And Jesus, it actually did give me a bit of a burst. I don't know, was it like that the calves were like hugging, you know, my calf socks were hugging my calves and like keeping them from working the way they should and then putting pressure on like my ass and stuff, you know what I mean? To like, you know, power me forward or whatnot, you know, to give me that propulsion. So when I took them off, it did give me an old bit of a boost, you know? And... 
when you're coming up on the course, right, it starts out really flat, and you kind of get a good bit of fucking business going, you know what I mean, you're getting, you're, you've got a kind of a smooth run, you've got like a full kilometre and a half of just flatness, now I live in Wicklow, and I mean it now, like you'd throw a stone and it will land on a mountain, like, as in, the, everywhere is hilly, there is fucking nowhere on in, in where i'm living anyway like in and around this area that's flat there's just none and i i can't i haven't ran on the flat so when i was running on the flat and on the road as well i'm always on trails and i was running on the flat and the roads i was like this is the business and then you turn after you come down that straight you turn to the right and then you you have to kind of you know meander around the road and you enter your first kind of hill and I started walking them from like the third loop just just because I knew that you know it would pay dividends like you know six or seven or eight hours later if I was to walk all these hills but what's funny is and what's great about having super lanky long ass giraffe legs is there was people like running up the hill and like they just had shorter legs and whatnot and I would be walking but like power walking up these hills I mean like I was terminator style walking up these hills now like you know i was getting the arms into and everything i was swinging them do you ever see those like um like 50 60 year old ladies that go out walking but when they go out walking like they mean motherfucking business like you know what i mean they're they're not there to talk to chat to mary like they're not there to say hello to you when you pass them they're there to get their fucking walk in like and they're just powering with the arms <laughs> their arms the arms are fucking going like that was what i was doing like i was i was pulling that type of energy into me and I was just going flat to the mat up these hills and I was actually taking over some people on the hills but um you know I was still overall quite slow and what I had was I had these signs so these road signs right that were like one of them was at the end of the hill and that would be where I would stop running and where I would start walking but the trouble is then at the other end at the near the crest of this hill there was another sign and that was the run sign and that was no matter fucking what i don't care if you get hit by a fucking thunderbolt at that sign you are starting to run and that and that was something that i just kept with me through the whole process was i'm going to have my areas where i walk and where i run I will never do either or in any of those areas. I'll never run a walking section. I'll never walk a running section. And it's very, very easy never to run a walking section. But it's harder for the mind as a race goes on to know that when you come to this sign, you can't slow down your walk. You know you're walking towards this sign. You know when you hit this sign, you're running. You're not walking anymore. And I kept that, I just kept myself completely and utterly accountable to that from the very, very beginning to the very, very end. And I was running these hills, or I was walking these hills, and then you run down a kind of a fairly undulating part of the race, quite flat actually, to be honest, and then you go down a hill, which I was walking as well from the start. Now, a lot of people were running down it, but I actually think running down this hill, it was quite a steep one, would have been just as taxing on the knee joints and the knees as as running up the hill. You know what I mean? So I was walking at a fairly fast pace down these hills, coming up and just powering up this hill. At one point in time, there was this dog out on the road that was like barking 
cracking its fucking head off and like like going hell for leather it was this labrador and like labradors are usually lovely dogs like this fiend was not happy that we were on the road like i could see some runners up ahead like getting barked at and they were coming really he was coming really close like and this is seven or eight hours in let's say now and this fucking dog is barking at you you're already kind of on edge you know, you're already connected with the fight or flight kind of program inside you. You're kind of like thinking, Jesus Christ, is this dog, you know, we're going to have to fucking like give this dog a kick because it's going to try and bite me or something. Like, you know, if this dog, you know, comes to bite me, like I'm going to have to fight this dog. Like, you know what I mean? So it started barking like, rah, 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 and like I was like making eye contact with it and just going, go away, go away. Just like batting it away. It wasn't taking a tack and notice of me. And it was just such a, like, a weird thing to have to, you know, struggle with during an ultramarathon. But I was like, would your, would your owners ever get you inside the flipping house and leave our run, leave the runners alone? But whenever I got to the top of that hill, which was quite a long hill, it was about 600 metres long. Whenever I got to the top of that hill, there was a, there was a traffic sign um, on that hill. And at every single time I got to the top of that hill, when I hit that traffic sign, I said to myself, if you don't start running at that traffic sign, you'll drop dead. That's the kind of language I was using. Like, I was like, you will drop dead. If you don't start running at this sign here now, you'll drop dead. So every time you come finish, you finish climbing up this big climb, 600 meters climb, like not 600 meters elevation, just 600 meters in distances. I don't know what it was in elevation, not nowhere near even 100 meters, but it was quite steep. And you get to this traffic sign and you just have to start running. And then that section of running was the longest section of running. It was about three kilometers. So you'd start running and you would not stop running for 3K. Now, a lot of people were walking those sections towards the end of the day. And I was I was really, really in a lot of pain. I was just, I was not walking because when you start walking it's a slippery slope you'll just start walking everything and then you'll just start walking full loops and i just didn't want to do that Um, i was there to run and 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 just walk hills i just wanted to run it and i remember coming back around around six hours in and coming down the road at that stage i had lost the glasses i threw the glasses off because they were just like they were falling off and there was sweat getting into them and everything and i was like i just i just won't see as good for the rest of the race i just don't want these glasses on and i was running up towards the finish line and i uh, towards the the chip scanner and i saw my dad out in the road and i was like hi unreal fucking just you know fucking uh you know saying get my stuff ready or whatever and there was this person next to him i couldn't see who it was and uh, they started waving at me as well and i just kept running closer and closer and i realized it was fucking mel my fucking girlfriend was there and i thought she was up in wicklow i thought she had some things to do over the weekend which she did but she moved things around for me so she could drive four fucking hours down to Kerry and to be with me at the halfway point and and be there for the last six hours it was an amazing boost it was just I didn't even realize that I needed the boost until she was actually there so it was great that she showed up because you know this is the first time as well that she's seen me do an ultra marathon um since we were together you know because I haven't done one in over a year and it was just a, a fantastic experience so Mel was there at six hours in and I was uh I was just you know tipping away flicking away on the on the courses like just doing my loops you know now my buddy Mark 
while I was doing these slow ass loops was setting a pace and he was in second behind this other chap called Ed Payne who uh, was running an absolutely blistering race at this point like you know both of the guys were really really running a fantastic race I barely saw Mark actually I actually don't think I saw him for the full 12 hours just we never crossed paths and uh, I saw the guy Ed Payne a few times all right just running around but they were having their battle for first and second you know all along this time but um, I got in anyway gave Mel a hug you know really had a kind of a it was a, it was a great kind of a little uh, boost um, got my stuff together and headed back out and for the next I suppose three hours when I was going around the loop like from six hours kind of till about it was about nine hours left I was thinking to myself I was like you haven't really gotten any sorer you, you know it was like I had gotten my my body was starting to give me pain fairly early but it wasn't really getting any worse it was just I started to feel pain early it stayed there and like if someone asked me like out of 10 what was the pain like I was like it's probably a five and then like that was at six hours in at nine hours in I was like it's probably a five five and a half maybe like it didn't really shift so my body had basically gotten to this level of pain and was just like nah this is kind of where we're at and so I was starting to think to myself, will we make a push, right? And then I met a chap called John along the route, right? Absolutely just like, it was just fantastic timing. So I was coming up on this guy um, and this was probably eight and a half hours in or whatever. I was coming up on this chap and I uh, was, was gaining on him. I thought it was my buddy Steve for a second. And I also thought it was Mark for a second because he had dark hair and it was you know, the, the sun was fading at that time. And I was running and gaining on him and gaining on him. I was like, oh, I realized it wasn't the lads. And I was like, oh, hey, what's the story? And I was kind of passing him and he was like, oh, how are you doing? And I and I just kind of passed him and I was like, oh, I'm good now, uh, keep going. And then the next thing I know, he's like running right next to me, right? So he starts running right next to me and see this guy has a Donegal accent on him. He's from Donegal. And we start talking and I go, I'm, I said to him, I was like, here, I've been feeling pain since the get-go of this thing. Like, I don't know what the story is with me today. And he was like, man, I am the same. Like, I, I've i ran the, the Connemara 100 miler nine times, right? So I've run it only twice. He's run the 100 miler in Connemara nine times. And so he, and he said, I've ran the Connemara 100 miler nine times and I've never felt this bad this early, Right. So it was. It must have been something in the air that day, anyway, because I had a few of the people that were running it just like you know way over their head, and he was like saying, "I am absolutely dead on my feet," um, you know, I, I haven't been able to eat anything in an hour and a half. I was like, "I'm the same. My stomach is actually gone to pot. Like I am so goosed." We started chatting t- together, and then he starts to say, like, you know. I'm I'm feeling bad now today, but I still won't give up the smokes, and I, I you know, and I, I'm running these ultra marathons with what what years now, and I still will not give up the smokes. And people t- try and tell me, you know, he was sixty years of age, right? This guy was sixty years of age, right? And he was running these ultra marathons, and he was on the exact same distance as me. He was eighty kilometers in, and he wanted to hit a hundred right before the end of the night, 
and we were both on the same distance. And this guy now looked like a proper fucking tough old fucking dude now, like tough dude. And he begins to tell me that he smokes 10 cigarettes a day, right? So he smokes 10 cigarettes a day. He fucking loves the fags, he says. Loves the ciggies. And will never give them up, right? So he uh, he was actually... Um, he was he was telling me that like people think that he's like an absolute pillar of health that he's 60 years of age and he's still running ultramarathons. He drinks a bottle of red wine a night, he says. I'll have a I'll have a bottle of red wine a night and I'd be smoking the smoking the cigarettes and all this kind of stuff and I'm like flipping heck, right? And I was like, Jesus Christ, like that's that, that's some going to be doing this stuff, like you know what I mean? You like do you like would you train every day then like after the bottle of wine? He's like, Oh Jesus, no. I run once a week. <laughs> He runs once a week, right? He goes, oh, but I give it a good go now. I give, I go out on, on a Sunday and I'd give it a good old go. He gives it a good go, right? What he means is he runs 30 miles. 30 miles every Sunday. So this guy smokes 10 cigarettes a day or, or more, has a bottle of red wine a night, and then every Sunday goes out and runs 30 miles. So he runs about 50 kilometers at once, once a week on a Sunday. This dude literally goes against every single principle of sports science that you could possibly imagine. Never stretches, never warms up, never cools down. Runs once a week and gives it absolute socks. Gives it 30 miles once a week. Just for the shits and gigs he said oh, i used to take it a lot more seriously i was a marathon runner and i i used to do a, a marathon in 250 so he used to do a sub three marathon back in the day right he stopped running then for ages and then only took up fucking ultra running like 10 years ago right and smokes drinks runs once a week i just thought it was the most amazing thing ever and uh, he was heading, he said, all I want to do is get my 100 kilometers done and that's it. You know, just want to get 100k out of this uh, and that's fine. And uh, I said to him, I was like, I'm the exact same and just want to get my 100k and that's it. And we both ran around together and we both passed the chip scanner and he goes, all right, Connor, look, best of luck with you now. And, you know, I might see you again. And I was like, best of luck, John, man, fucking hell. It was, an, it was like, it was just, it was, I don't know, was it inspiring? talking to him or what but it was just amazing i was just interested in talking to the dude like he was just really lovely guy you know loved fucking having a chat with him and came back around and it was something in me that kind of said right i'm gonna change up here now i'm gonna go for it like i was like i've got fucking three hours left what can i do in those three hours so i got through into the checkpoint and I said to my dad, I was like, look, just give me this and this, you know, give me a bit of watermelon and uh, a banana and uh, a bit of smoothie there. Fucking wolfed. I've never seen anybody make slices of watermelon disappear down their gullet as quickly as I did. I was absolutely whipping it back into me now, like absolutely going absolute hell for leather with it, right? So munching down on some watermelon, getting some banana to me, drinking my smoothie. And just headed off again. And then 
um, the, the um, my my dad and Mel wanted to go around and do a lap with me, like in the car, you know. So they hopped into the car and they they fucking started going around with me, and they were just playing tunes out the car. And I was just like, I am going to absolutely belt this. I was in the best form. I was just loving. I was so happy. Just singing along to the rap tunes they were playing out for me, and I was just having such a fucking good time. And I was just really like, I was blistering pace, like I was sub five minute kilometers, like you know, on the flats. I was really going for it. Like, came back around, and um, you know, uh, came back around down into the into the crewing area again. Did the same job. It was a quick. It was like pulling into the F one pit lane, just like. But what I said to them was, I said, you know what? I'd absolutely love every single time we go through the chip scanner, there was this giant plastic ice cream that was in the shop, right? So in the shop front, there was this big plastic ice cream. You know the one I'm talking about, a big plastic 99. I was like, here, lads, will you get me an ice cream? Will you get me a big tub of ice cream? I'd absolutely love an ice cream now because my stomach had just gone to shite. I couldn't eat any solid foods. I had eaten a pizza at like five or six um, hours in and I think I just ate too much and too fast and didn't give it enough time to settle and just absolutely just stomach was doing somersaults. It was flippy glippy. It was just in bits. And so I said to him, I was like, here, will you, will you head down ahead of me and get me an old flipping ice cream? So... They got an ice cream anyway. It was like a, 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 a tub of ice cream, you know, of soft, like Mr. Whippy ice cream with strawberry sauce and little chocolate bits in it and stuff like that. And I was eating and I was like, oh my God, this is so nice. Like, I didn't know if it was going to do good or bad for my stomach, but all I wanted at that time was soft ice cream. And I was just getting it into me. I was just scooping it down my throat. Ate as much of that as I could. Drank a load of... um. Uh, coconut water and jetted off again and I was flying around again just the fastest that I had been I'd say in throughout the whole thing I was just whipping around the place and got up to the very very uh, top of the two hills and was running and there was a guy who was like there was a guy uh, you know who was like basically watching all the runners around making sure everybody was doing their loops you know what I mean as they should have been doing and he was like where the fuck did you come from how are you starting to run like this after 10 hours? Like, And I was like, I don't know, boy. Don't ask me. And I was belting around the place because I was in 17th place at nine hours in. And I was thinking to myself, I could fucking do an old top 10 finish here. Like, I have it in me. Like, you know, I have, I, I have it. My mind is still so clear. My mind is still with it. And I'm like, I'm not fading. I don't feel tired in my brain. My body's sore, but pain is pain and we'll be able to get over it. And I've said, let's make a late burst now to go into the top 10 and let's, you know, let's really shift it and let's see if we can get an old top 10 finish out of it. So I was bossed in my ass around the place, right? Came back around and it was 10.38, right? So it was, there was an hour and 22 minutes left on the clock and came through, 
was just laughing and joking with everybody he was just having a laugh you know put some music on in my ears i never run with music but i just decided you know what i'll try on some music there and we'll have some fucking crack we'll have a bit of fun i was laughing and joking and i came back around through that loop and the, all the race organizers was there and i was like here lads would you make this into an old 24 hour race there because uh i only found my legs there at nine o'clock and they're all like, oh, that'll be next year. That'll be next year. It'll be a 24-hour race next year. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I, I you know, I, this is my race now. Like, I'm starting. Like, I was just starting to race now. Like, you know, I'm just starting to really get into it and feel it. And I was like, if there was another, you know, if it was a 24-hour race, like, I was just getting into the groove. And I really felt that I could have, you know, really, you know, g- given it a good go. Like, you know, and... It was it was just amazing to see that like no matter what like I, I I was saying to my dad like like my body felt like marshmallow, my body felt like marshmallow but my brain felt like granite, like I was absolutely, I was immovable in terms of my mood. My mood was just constantly elevated because I'm doing what I love and this is what I wanted from the very, very beginning was to just keep in my mind that I'm doing what I love. I've been given an opportunity to do what I love and that's what I'm going to do. You know, and that's and that's what really kind of kept me going. So I made a joke with the race organizers. I came back through and I had an hour and 12 minutes. I don't know, sorry, an hour and 22 minutes left. And my dad was saying to me, he was like, oh, you know, you probably have time for two loops now. Like, if you got back around from this one, I was like, nah, dad, I don't think so. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't think I have time for two loops. I got through anyway, ate some food quickly, got, or I don't think I actually even ate food. I just drank smoothie, just drank a load of smoothie and got back out on the road. And I was running, I was like, I'm fucking feeling good here. Like, you know, I was like, I was, my body was sore, but I felt good in my mind, felt good in my brain. And I, you know, it was it was dark i had the head torch on i had the high vis on i had everything going and i passed my coach donica who had been leading me in the race like from basically the third hour he had been leading me in the race and I, i hadn't actually seen him since then so he was always in front of me so when i passed him i thought okay maybe I'm in like maybe 11th now that's what I thought I was like maybe I'm in 11th now and I passed him and I said all right done what's the story and I you know tapped him on the shoulder and he was like oh the feckin' fair play to you boy are you uh are you gonna go around and do another loop I was like I doubt I'll have time to do another loop to be honest with you like you know it was like it was like 10 56 or something at that point it was like halfway through that loop and I said, look, 10.56 now, like, you know, I didn't really know how long it was going to take me to get back around or whatever. So I was like, look, I don't know. And I started heading up the hill and I was just steamrolling up the hill now, really just enjoying it. Like, you know, really fucking enjoying it, getting into it and even let out a big woo at the top. Sorry, I don't know if anybody's, uh, if anybody's ear just got bust open there but I left a big woo out at the top of the hill and then just started running and when I started running like I was again sub five minute kilometers just absolutely going for it came back around like uh through the flat and down the hill back around to the to the uh to the checkpoint and so you obviously you go up a hill one side and down a hill the other side and I came down the hill at the bottom of the hill was my buddy Sai and he was walking through who had ran an amazing race 
he had ran an amazing amazing race and i like I, he he lapped me and everything like uh, during the whole thing maybe twice and uh uh maybe it was once maybe it was once but he he definitely lapped me anyway and i was talking to him and he was like oh jesus fair play to you can you gonna go around for another one and i had i had kind of i remember when i was coming down that hill that my body started to slow up and i said to myself i was like nah i don't think we have another one i don't think we have another i don't think we can get another loop in before midnight is what i was thinking so then I was starting to slow up. I was like, oh, look, you can take your sweet ass time now because you, you you know, you won't have another, you won't have the time for another loop. So basically what, what happened, and this is probably one of the most interesting parts of the races, right, was as I was coming around to that last, on that second last loop, I started to kind of give myself the excuse to stop. So what I was doing was, I was like, I'm going to take this out of my hands, right? Because at the start of the race, the race organizers told us that if you come in at like 11.20 and we don't think you're going to be able to do another lap in 40 minutes, you know, to make it home for the 12 o'clock, we won't let you. We won't let you do it. So we're going to just turn off the chip scanner, right? So they, they, they... they had said to us that they won't let us out if they don't believe that we'll make it round, right? So in there was a subconscious thing for me that is like, just slow down. And that way then there'll be no doubt that you can't do, you know, that you couldn't do another. I'm sure you're never going to be able to do another loop in this time. But then I said to myself, I was like, what kind of a mentality is that? Now, I was going to cross over the line and I was going to have 104.5 kilometers done on the second last loop, right? Or sorry, 104. I was going to have 104 kilometers done. That would have been my goal, right? To pass over, to cross the line and do 100 kilometers. That was my goal. And if I was to cross the line for this this loop, I would have crossed the line with 104 kilometers. But I said to myself, it's not about getting to 100 kilometers. It's about giving your honest best within the time that you've been given and that is a metaphor for life it's about doing your best with the time that you've been given and with that said i took off and i came up to the checkpoint and i said to the race organizers would you give me another loop would you give me another loop it was 11 16 so I had 44 minutes to get around. And that was kind of the average pace that I had been doing my loops in. And they said, oh, do you think you'll do it? I, I said, I guarantee you I'll do it. And so I just took off flat to the mat. And I, like my my girlfriend and my dad were taken down the tent. They didn't even think that I'd be going out for another loop. Because I said to them when I was leaving for that loop, ah, no, I, d- I doubt I'll get another loop. I'll do this loop now and... We'll, we'll be done so they were taking down the tent they were packing away all the food they had you know what i mean they had really just kind of you know that we've done their our job now as a as a crew person we, we can just let it go and i was there shouting mel dad dad mel i need water just give me some water i'm gonna go again and mel ran after me and gave me a bottle of water and i squirted a couple of squirts into my mouth and i headed off and i i headed down the road and i was 
fucking cramping up terribly my hamstring was cramping up i was like it was straightening me up like i was that that much in pain like it was like oh god the whole hamstring was cramping up so i like i had my phone on me at that time because i was listening to a bit of tunes and i rang mel i was like matt mel meet me on the course with some salt tablets and some water i need to fucking get some salt tablets on and then i started i started walking at the hill so I, I hit my hill sign to start walking and I started walking up the hill and then I hit my hill sign to start running again and I started running down along again and my hamstring felt a little bit better. I had slowed the pace down a little bit just because the hamstring was a bit wobbly. I had a bit of wobbly old hamstring on me and I hit the downhill again to do the downhill and the downhill that I had been walking I fucking uh, was I pegged it down that there I was walking down and I just walked up that hill steamrolled up the feckin hill and once i got to that uh sign at the top of that hill um actually in the meantime i had taken some salt tablets and some water and i had just gotten to that top of that hill and i started blitzing it as in running the fastest i had ever ran for the whole day i started really really pushing the pace like you know and I came, I, I went down the whole flats, I was taking people over, no idea who they were, they could have been in 15th place, they could have been in 1st place, actually, I went back around and I actually overtook um, Ed Payne, who actually ended up finishing 2nd, I overtook him at the very end, so stole back a minute or two from him, um, but I absolutely like went hell for leather and my stomach just started to play up heavy, like I was like really really badly like i just started heaving like i was dry i was retching you know i was i was dry dry retching and i was i'm sorry now i'm not going to make any more of those noises but i was doing that i was trying to you know trying to get trying to get sick because i like I, i was just retching there was nothing coming out and i just kept on going and going and then just loads of loads of you know water vomit started coming up and I was checking the time in between in between spurts of vomit. I was like checking the time just to make sure that I was going to make it. Because on my watch it said like 11.52.45 or something like that. But I didn't know if that was going to be the same as on the clock. You know when I got back. I didn't know that they matched up, if they matched up or not. It was also just quite late into the race. And I just had no idea you know about time or space or anything i was pegging it i was getting sick all over myself sick all over the road and i just kept on i was like do not fucking walk because if you walk you might not make it in time for your midnight just keep running and keep puking basically just keep puking and keep running that's all you need to do so that's what i did and i kept on going round and round and uh, i actually ended up coming coming through with five minutes to spare so if you looked back, um, if you went on to the Kerryway Ultra Facebook page and you go to me, if you go to my number, so I'm ninth, if you go to my, um, if you click into my stats and you go to my laps, I did 17 laps and my fastest two laps were my last two laps. So my last two laps were my fastest from the whole day because I had I really just... I just decided that I wanted to, you know, start racing really, like, just really late. <laughs> and just wanted to just, you know, I just wanted to get into the top 10. I had no idea where I was at the time, so 
um, because it was kind of it was delayed so you, it, it wasn't live it was like delayed by like you know uh, 45 minutes or so at some time so it wasn't it wasn't showing us live and uh, I I just went through and, and uh, realised that I had finished ninth, and I was just like wow you know I had given it everything like I really had given it everything in the last in the last two laps and like look if there was if there was more laps to be done I'd have been I'd have kept doing laps all night like you know I was really just in that frame of mind where I was just happy you know I was just happy and I was happy to be there I was happy to be taking part in such a wonderful event and just you know to be around such wonderful people so I was just happy to do that um, and happy to be there so yeah um, the big takeaway from me from this whole endeavor is, you know, when you talk about mindset, mindset, mindset is a very um, strange thing because it will it will call you the fuck out, and it it demands honesty, it demands honesty from you, and like. You know, I, I hear an awful lot of people talking about mindset and like, you know, they're inside in their nice warm gyms doing squats or bench pressing or whatever the case may be. And yes, it's fantastic that they're doing those kind of things. But like, you know, um, when things start to really go wrong or really, really are not going to plan or not going the way you wanted them to be, you know that's when mindset comes in not when you know everything is going fucking right and everything is stacked in your favor you know what i mean it's that's when mindset comes in and like that was at that flick of the switch moment when i said when i said do you know what i am going to go for another loop i'm going to go for another lap i'm going to finish it it's going to have to be one of my fastest laps of the day for me to actually finish it's going to be have to be one of my fastest laps of the day but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. My, my last lap is going to be one of the fastest laps I do. And knowing that, knowing that from t- taking off, like always constantly knowing that we are fighting against the clock. Fighting against the clock for me to do this. And, you know, that's the difference. And I, 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 I could have taken the easy way out, really wanted to, I, 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 like even when I had set out for my 16th lap I, I had said to my, my dad at the mail I oh, know this is this will probably be the last lap now I doubt they'll let me out for another one or whatever and so I was giving it socks on the second last lap as if it was my last lap and then to come around and to kind of say well Connor like I think you've got fucking like if you do what you just did there now again you can get another lap you know what I mean and you can really actually say that you put in a 100% honest effort and that's what it's all about it's not about it's not even about the top 10 finish it was just about wanting an honest effort from myself and as I said at the start chasing that ever elusive victory from within that personal victory that means nothing to anybody else only me I am the only one the only one that this matters to really and and that's what it breaks down to and that's and that and that mindset keeps you honest it keeps you honest when you do have if when you do have you know something left in you to get another lap out that mindset will will bring you around 
that mindset will bring you around. Anybody, I'm not talking about me here. I'm saying that mindset will bring you around if you if you honestly ask yourself, do you think you can do it? Do you think you can actually do it? Not not do you think it's going to be tough? Because it's you fucking know it's going to be tough. But can you actually do it? And I said, yeah, I could do it. It's going to be really fucking hard. I'm going to have to really, really push the pace. But yeah, I I, I, I could do it. I came through and I said that to, to Mel and my dad. I was like, I'm going to go for another one. I'm going to go for another lap. And I did. And I, Jesus Christ, I loved it. I actually loved it. I loved that it, it got me down to my rawest um, form of the day. You know, I still think it, it was probably 40 or 50% of my of my capacity of what I could actually take physically and mentally. Um, it really did, you know, push me a little bit further that day than I, than I had done all that day, you know, so got there and it's very very strange that like you know and 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 people can say oh yeah no he just look he's not going to be able to do this or whatever but like from from that performance and coming just coming ninth so eight people beat me right from that i know that i'm going to i'm going to win carry way ultra i know i'm going to win it like you know what i mean because of the the mindset that i had showed on that day that granite that goes beyond the physical it's metaphysical it's not it's something that pushes me and pushes my body to do things that it can't do without that without that without the driver the car is nothing you know it's like you know these formula one drivers right let's say you're you're uh, uh driving for mercedes right both us and uh, and Hamilton they both drive for Mercedes they both drive identical cars identical cars identical machinery identical pit crews they're both the exact same why does Lewis Hamilton win more it's not the physical it's not the car it's the driver and that and and I, I feel like I can drive myself to do things that my body actually can't do so I'm going to continue to try and do that. And if I if I fail at any point in time, it's okay because I'm going to fail having absolutely given it everything, given it socks. So, yeah, that's my race. <laughs> um, just a quick note as well here before I finish that anybody who does become a patron now will be more than welcome to come on the patron meetup this weekend on the 26th um so anybody that has asked me about that yes if you become a patron you're welcome to any of the meetups i've got another meetup coming up um uh, next month as well and i'm hopefully going to have one every month hopefully so um yeah if you do become a patron if you if you want to support the podcast if you want to support you know what i'm doing here with this you know you can become a patron and it means an awful lot to me to know that people are supporting me and you will be welcome to any of the, the patron meetups and the great thing about the patron meetups is it's just for patrons so that means that it is probably lots of people that don't know each other so you actually get to mingle and get to know people and they're usually like-minded people who like the same things as you do so you're going to make mates you're going to be able to get adventure buddies run buddies cycling buddies whatever it is like we're, you're going to meet some new people and some new faces and, and giving yourself an opportunity to do that is always an amazing thing so 
I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to having more patron-oriented things uh, coming into the future as well. And anybody that can't afford to to you know to be patrons of mine, I'm still love that you enjoy the podcast. I love it. I love that you enjoy the podcast and that you're here listening. So you know, even sharing it on your um, social medias, anything like that, in a you know any positive steps towards. Um, you know towards the the podcast is always appreciated so on that note guys i'm going to leave you and i'm going to continue recovering <laughs> um because i have a lot of training to do in the next couple of weeks um for september and i look forward to sharing all of that with you guys as well so as always i'm going to leave you a peace and with love con